He would have figured out a way to cryogenically freeze Stanley first. Freeze Stanley. And then, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think this is, we don't know that he didn't. Right. We don't know, actually. We just know that they announced <laughs> that he passed away. Rest in peace, Stanley. Yeah. Um, that's all we know. <laughs> well, every, welcome, everybody. This is Marvel DNA. This is Diane, and I have Amanda with me. And speaking mm-hmm. of. Uh, the off brand that becomes the more popular than the name brand. We're going to talk about uh, Marvel characters that were recasted. Uh, the characters, not necessarily what? the actors that are playing multiple character roles. We'll talk about those in a separate, uh, a separate installment. But we're going to talk about major, yes. some major characters, some minor characters, and uh, you know, we're going to throw in some non characters just for fun, non canon characters. Some blink and you miss them. Blink and you miss them. Exactly. Yep. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, so we'll kind of get into it. Um, We were chatting the other day about how Rhodey specifically. So James Rhodes, Tony Stark's best friend. Big one. Iron Man. Iron Man's buddy. War Machine coming at you. War Machine. Yep. Yes. Uh, He's -hmm. been played by two different actors. And if anybody's seen the first Iron Man movie from 2008, Terrence Howard played the original Rhodey. And uh, for Spider-Man, Spider-Man, <laughs> for Iron Man <laughs> 2, James Rhodes was changed to, uh, the the actor was changed to Don Cheadle. And Don Cheadle has played that role ever since then. And so major it's upgrade. really easy. Yeah, major upgrade. You know, it's really funny because <laughs> when we were talking about this the other day, for some reason, Cuba Gooding Jr. kept sticking in my head. That that played <laughs> Terrence Howard. Unfortunately, nothing against him as an actor, but unfortunately, he's not who stuck in my head as the original actor that played Rhodey. So that's uh, how much we love Don Cheadle. That's how much that, we love Don. We Cheadle. don't even know who came before him. Was right? it Terrence Howard? Was it Cuba Gooding who? Jr.? We don't know. Who doesn't matter? <laughs> Don Cheadle. It's Don. Don Cheadle is War Machine. He is one. Um, I feel like this was a definite glow up. I, again, like you said, nothing against Terrence Howard. He he did just fine in the first Iron Man. I know rumor was that he wanted the same pay as uh, RDJ for any sequels, which is laughable. <laughs> and that's kind of what Marvel did was laughed at him and off he went. Uh, and then Don Cheadle came in and I think he owns it. I just, I absolutely love him. He balances this, you know, sarcastic sense of humor, but he's also got that sense of military honor. He's, he's always trying to do the right thing um, and tends to be the voice of reason, particularly when Tony needs it the most, which is almost frequently as Tony is often unhinged as much as I love him. And so I, I really think that Don Cheadle makes that character so likable. I think my favorite Don Cheadle scene, though, is in Age of Ultron, where he's telling that War Machine story. To first he's telling it to Captain America and Thor, and they're like, "That's it. That's that's the end Boom. of the story." And he's you looking for this. He's so hurt. He's so hurt. And then he finally tells some other people down the line, and then they all laugh. And he just gives a solid nod, like, "Yeah, fuck yeah, that's a war machine story." <laughs> These are my people. <laughs> <It's so subtle. laughs> I love it so much. So I I'm a huge fan of Don Cheadle in this role, and I know that he's rumored to be back in Armor Wars. So I'm excited to see what that. And I, they better bring back Sam Rockwell for that too, because I really. Oh, I hope they do. I hope they do. My favorite uh, uh, roadie scene is when it's in (laughs) Endgame when he's like, "If we can do time travel, why don't we just go back and find baby Thanos?" And you know, (laughs) (laughs) he went really dark. Strangle the baby. (laughs) (laughs) And Bruce is like, "That's." horrible <laughs> that's horrible oh God, i thought it was amazing Bruce is yeah, like, that's horrible and he's like it's thanos <laughs> <laughs> speaking of speaking of bruce mm-hmm. banner uh he has yes. been <laughs> fortunately or unfortunately he's been played by three separate actors <laughs> and well i mean i technically four if you want to count the tv show with uh uh lou ferrigno Which actually is five lou ferrigno was only the hulk he was not Banner, David Banner oh. was played by Bill Bixby, I believe. Well, so, there you go. So we've had five people play five guys, the big angry yes. green monster. And uh, I gotta say, you know, Mark Ruffalo has done a pretty decent job. I really like him as like the him. he's kind of this this 
he he tries to make himself smaller when he's in his human form, when he's in his Bruce Banner form, which is really funny. If you kind of yes. ever watch him, he kind of holds into himself yes. and kind of shrinks into himself. And I think he tries Absolutely. to make himself as non-threatening as possible. And I just like that acting choice. Um, I do too. I feel like when Edward Norton was playing a role, he was really focusing on trying to use Zen and meditation as his like, mm-hmm. you know, way of, of, staying out of the green monster category and and we don't really need to talk about eric banna um no we don't eric banna just... doesn't want to talk about it so i don't feel like we need to <laughs> he's just first of all the mo- that movie again it's in that it's in that campy uh superhero movie era early 2000s yes. late 90s yes. it's very campy it's not really taking itself seriously the problem is the storyline isn't strong. So the storyline isn't strong. Mm-hmm. And Eric Bana doesn't, he's not a very, uh, there's not a lot of depth to his acting ability, in my opinion. And so okay. I, okay. I, I never, I just, I never believe, it was never believable. It was never believable that he, he always seemed like a petulant child to me. More so than somebody that <laughs> loses their mind to the point where they grow into this giant green rage monster and just smashes everything. And uh, so, yeah, Eric Bann has always been a little frustrating for me as the like the first Hulk movie that they did. Um, yeah. That being said, that I wasn't believe even technically that's one of, MCU. It wasn't. So I will fine. say though, I think that's one of the first times that that Stan Lee cameos. For a brief moment, oh, I didn't know that. in a Marvel, uh, Marvel, uh, whatever you want to call it, um, movie, Marvel type movie. Um, yeah, that's cool. I, and uh, and Lou Frigno also does. Um, he holds the door uh, when Eric's. I believe he's walking in or out with. Um, oh, that's awesome, Agent Ross. Yeah, and so, um, awesome. but yeah, so I mean, you that kind of holds a little bit of of like a special place in my heart just because it's one of the first times that he's done that. Moving forward, though, I think that's the only good thing that comes out of that movie. <laughs> and then, I never even saw it, so I can't even comment. Well, and then Edward Norton, unfortunately, like he just, I mean, the abomination has showed up. And I've heard for the Hulk, uh, the Hulk movie that's coming out or She-Hulk. I can't remember exactly, but the abomination yes. is supposed to be. And you get a quick glimpse of the abomination. Blink and you miss it. He's in Shang-Chi in yes. um in the fighting ring area of the abomination yeah, is with there Wong. yes mm-hmm. he is and so he's going i don't know if the same actor is going to reprise that role i haven't heard anything he yet. is I looked into it too much he is okay i great. believe he is i think it's tim roth will be back yes as emil blonsky yes yes so so that's really cool that they've done that um and they're kind of pulling him into the mcu because technically the ed edward norton and the eric banna uh hulks don't exist in the mcu um Actually, right. they kind of technically does because uh, B- Bruce does make a comment about that in the first Avengers movie where he in kind of Avengers. broke Harlem. Yeah, in I Avengers. Broke Harlem. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so, yep. I love I, that. I love it. It maybe is. It maybe is retroactively in the MCU. They're making a comment about it. Um, so, so mm-hmm. we don't know. But as as the Hulk, as Smart Hulk, even though Smart Hulk is a little uh, weird in Endgame, just yeah. for my taste, Professor the Hulk CGI is weird. I don't care for it. It's it's the it's I just the don't I just don't like it. I just don't <laughs> like it. I don't even really have a reason. I think it's hilarious when he's in the restaurant and they're eating together and he's just like plates of food. Times. Yeah, plates of food he's dabbing with the kids and just oh my god, listen to your mom. I mean it's hilarious. Oh, yeah. But I don't like it. I just I nobody likes I it. I appreciate it. And I you know, he's he's reprising that professor hulk in she hulk that's coming up because there have been some scenes um in that but then there's also scenes of him as just bruce banner so i'm interested to see because i know the whole the whole premise of she hulk primarily is that she does not separate herself for the most part um and i don't know a ton about it i just know that typically she i mean she steps out as she hulk and she she don't give a fuck she's like whatever this is who i am which i'm excited to see i'm so excited for this show and this is what marvel does is it gets me excited about things i 10 years ago i'd have been like she hulk that sounds so fucking dumb are you kidding me and now i'm like oh she hulk it sounds so cool 
Absolutely. No. And that's, that's, what's the beauty, beauty about it. Cause yeah, I mean, and I think it's because I like guardians of the galaxy kind of started it, started it. Cause nobody knew who guardians were this, yep. this yep. ragtag group of people that aren't really the best morally straight characters or anything along those lines, which is right. fine. It's fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and yeah, so now it really did open the door for them to kind of open up and, and bring in these really random characters that you wouldn't necessarily yep. uh, think to bring in because they're not a, a big character that's associated with the franchise. That being said, mm-hmm. they've done it in a smart way so that you are willing to look in like Echo, you know, Echo is getting yes. her own show at some point oh, and Echo is not a character that Love any her. of us would have cared about no. hadn't Hawkeye come out. No. And so... It's cool that they've that they've done that because they have expanded that realm, and so you do get excited about these these characters that you you know ten years ago wouldn't have you'd have been like what? Well, even the fact that that they made Hawkeye a character we care about. I I love Hawkeye. Stand me some Hawkeye. I adore him. (laughs) He's oh my gosh, that was I mean my son called him Hot Guy for a long time because that's what he thought the the name was. He thought it was Hot Guy, and I'm like, you know, you're not wrong. I'm not even going to correct you because he is a hot guy. Uh, I loved I loved him. But what I love, I think, and I love Edward Norton. I will say this. Edward Norton is a gifted actor. He is phenomenal at what he does. I don't know what he's like in person. Uh, I've heard that he's kind of a douche nozzle, but I don't know that that's true. Never met Edward Norton. I will say that it struck me odd even when that movie came out that Edward Norton, I was like, Edward Norton's in The Incredible Hulk. That doesn't, it didn't fit with his choices prior to that. The man had been in primal fear and uh the, what was uh, the italian job was a fun one but it was still more of a serious role for him and um now i can't remember the name of the movie that he did oh uh, the the prequel to the red dragon that's what it was the prequel to silence of the lambs edward norton was in that which is a very dramatic violent movie so when i heard he was in a marvel movie like a comic book movie i just thought that was it didn't make sense and apparently it didn't make sense to anyone else either because we were gifted with <laughs> Mark Ruffalo instead, who I agree. I, I love the choices that he makes when he's uh, Bruce Banner and he's sort of always inward and, and flinching like he just doesn't want to cause. He's trying to look as unassuming and non-threatening. not as in, unintimidating as he possibly can. But I think what I really appreciate about him is that when he is transforming in the Avengers, when you first see him, when they fall through and it's him and Natasha and that super tense scene and he's transforming into Hulk you see the pain and it's like the anger is coming out. Like he's not only pissed that he fell and now he's going to like, he is like, you did this to me. I'm stuck here now. And this is happening after I've kept a low, you could just see all of it coming to the surface. And it's just amazing. He just did such an incredible job. I, I just love him. No, he really did. I mean, it was, it was one of those things. It was the last thing he wanted. He, he also wanted to do the right thing. And so he went along knowing that there was a chance and was hoping that it wouldn't be the case. And, and it really opened mm-hmm. the door for a lot of really fun hijinks and stuff, especially with Loki kind of pulling the strings, strings and just causing all sorts yes. of chaos. Um, and yeah, no, Mark Ruffalo, I feel <laughs> right. I feel like Mark Ruffalo really has <laughs> owned and settled into that character. I feel because he plays two different characters essentially. And they, t- they both have very different they have very different personalities. They have very different uh, motivations, yes. so to speak. And mm-hmm. and he's, he's and they both had well. really phenomenal arcs. Yeah, I think that they've each individually, Banner and Hulk, have had their own arcs throughout the the storylines, and that's been fun to watch too. Speaking of arcs, you know Speaking who made the arc reactor? <laughs> Howard Stark. Wait, I thought Tony made the arc reactor. Uh, maybe he did. A Stark oh, made it. I'm pretty started. sure. Didn't Howard have the technology? <laughs> Howard Stark had the technology, and he was like, "Hey, Tony, I'm not going to be able to do this in my time. Oh, you're right, able right, to do right, it right. in yours." Yeah, and the reason I'm bringing up Howard Stark is purely because they've used two different actors, uh, for two different reasons, and and it doesn't make sense why they didn't use. So Dominic Cooper played the young version of Howard Stark in. Captain America, the first Avenger. And John Slattery, in all other iterations, has pretty much played, uh, how, except for, I guess, in one of the original Iron Man movies, there's a photo of Howard Stark that actually is a different actor. I'm not counting it because it's a photo. I, that's like Poor so guy. subtle and just <laughs> throw away that I don't think it counts. 
And that being said, in Endgame, when they go back in time, it's still around the same time that I feel like Dominic Cooper would have made more sense than John Slattery. Yes. And and you were saying that somebody asked him why he wasn't in Endgame, and he said, "That's a great question. I don't know." And so I don't, I don't know, know if it Poor was Dominic Cooper. I know. And so, I mean, at the end of the day, it's just kind of really interesting that they chose, specifically because they've aged down John Slattery a few different times as well. And so the technology kind of was around the time that Captain America First Avenger came out that they they probably could yep. have aged him down. And so it just, I don't know, it's it's just a little, it threw me off a little it's bit. It's weird. And and what I what I found on that was that because John Slattery played Howard Stark first before Dominic Cooper, because even though technically Dominic Cooper was in Captain America, Iron Man 2 came out before that movie. And John Slattery was seen in a reel to reel video that Tony is watching where he says, you know, this is your technology, Tony. I, you'll be able to get this in your time. This is you're my legacy. And. What the explanation that I got was, is that Dominic Cooper was to portray Howard Stark, the like swinging single guy, the guy before he met his wife and settled down. Dominic Cooper was representative of that version of Howard, the Tony Stark version of Howard, I guess, where he just was the ladies man and whatever. By the time Howard got married and all of that, then he became John Slattery. And so that is why he was in Endgame, because at that point his wife is pregnant with Tony and that's how they, they speak and go over everything. And that's, that was the best explanation that I could find as to why they did that. Um, because the CGI for uh, de-aging wasn't as sophisticated in uh, when Captain America came out, they weren't able to put slattery in that role for that, for that movie or they would have. And then, and then there was a Marvel one shot as well with Peggy Carter, which is incredible. And if you guys haven't seen it, you absolutely must because Peggy Carter kicks all the asses and we love her. Uh, and it's a hilarious, as she does. amazing ass kicking one shot. <laughs> and then John, uh, excuse me, not John, Dominic Cooper is uh, Howard Stark in that. And he's by the pool drinking a martini, you know, and I don't remember if there were women in that scene. I'm sure they were all in bikinis and whatever. So that was the best I could find. But I don't know. I thought they both did a good job. I don't know that I really prefer one over the other. I just think it's weird that they're dual cast in the same role. In the it's same strange. universe, which is just a little, yeah, yeah it's just a little strange that they were kind it. of, yeah, I, I was a little thrown off a tiny bit. Um, mm -hmm. So so those are our, those are our three big major characters that we wanted to talk about. I when I was putting this list together, I was, I was actually kind of surprised that for major character major characters, side characters, whatever you want to call it, uh influential characters, I was a little surprised that it wasn't more. Um at least in the MCU, yeah. we'll kind of touch on later like non-canon characters and that's just a hot mess. And again, like I said, we're not even <laughs> going to touch on X-Men cuz that's a We're not big even touching on X-Men. Except for that... yeah, except for uh uh Wolverine why can't I think of the actor's name uh he's the only one Hugh Jackman Hugh Jackman thank you he's the only mm -hmm. one that has literally played the same character um yeah from, all from of them. it's yeah through all of them so now we're gonna we're gonna get into those are the major characters that were recast now we're gonna do some semi-minor characters and then blink and you'll miss them and the reason I'm gonna talk about blink and you miss them is because they're they're wearing a lot of prosthetics and so it's kind of one of those <laughs> unless somebody pointed it out you probably wouldn't notice it sort of thing so semi-minor characters this one's actually upcoming and I just found it a little interesting that they're doing this so Cassie Lang this is yeah. Scott Lang's daughter so there was a young girl that was playing her at, until Endgame so Endgame they aged five years the young lady that was that actress that was playing Cassie Lang, they couldn't use her anymore, of course, because she's too young. She's so they adorable. aged her up. She is absolutely adorable. Uh, so they aged her up. And so Emma Furman is the actress that plays uh, the teen Cassie in Endgame when Scott shows up at the door and, and knows that she's still there. The new actress that's actually going to be playing Cassie Lang in Quantumania, which is the next Ant-Man, it's the third iteration of the Ant-Man series, Catherine Newton is actually going to be playing her. And mm -hmm. I find that very interesting because Catherine tends to play 
broody kind of snarky um Mm -hmm. young little like just kind of antagonistic protagonist female characters and the reason I say that is because she she had a like a significant side role in the Supernatural series and I I like I like her but I also don't like her there's something about her acting style that just I it's just this side of I don't believe it. So I'm really hoping because now granted in the Supernatural series, she's a teen, she's very young. Um, and so I'm hoping as she's grown up, she's done a couple of movies now. I hope she's kind of matured a little bit more in her acting style because I have not seen the most recent movie, the, <laughs> the one where she switches bodies with, uh, Vince, with Vince Vaughn's Vaughn, character. The serial I need killer? to see that. Yes. The serial yes. killer. Uh, yeah, so that's that the most recent good. film that she's done, and I need to see that because it'll. I feel like I'll feel better about her being cast as Cassie because the yes. little girl that played Cassie Lang was just so much fun, and I loved that little girl. I'm so you, sad. You do, and you don't really get any of that in Endgame because that's not the point of this of the movie. That's not the point of the show or anything along right. those lines. Right. And so you don't. Get Although that. I have to say, Emma Furman. Just in Ugh, that brief scene she bald. had, very, very well done. For for such a small amount of screen time to make that as emotional. I mean, they really, she and Paul Rudd did a really good job. I was very sad. They did. It was, it was, <laughs> was that like, was Cassie. very heartwarming. No. It was very also, yes. no, yeah, it was heart-wrenching, heartwarming, all of it, all rolled into one. So it was, she, and that's why I was a little interested. I didn't really figure out, I didn't get enough information on like why. I don't know if it was like a scheduling thing, if Emma is in the middle of something else and she wasn't available, or if there's a certain direction. Because like I said, Cassie, the little girl, has, she's a little, like, she, she, I don't know, stuff doesn't really scare her. She's kind of seen some things. Um, yeah, she, yeah, she's, she's, she rolls with it. She rolls with it. She's snarky. She's kind of fights. So maybe that is a role that Catherine Newton, because like I said, that's kind of a role that she plays and and kind of she fits well because she's just got this, she's got a serious bitch face and she uses it to her advantage. Yeah. And she does. Um, she does a great job. She really does. And so, and snark is kind of her second language. So if they're carrying that, then that'll be really interesting. Um, I mean, depending on how big her role is in Quantum Mania. Uh, they haven't really, I haven't seen any teasers on it yet. So I don't know uh, how much she's going to be in it. Um, but I mean, if they are taking time to cast a char- cast an actress to play that character, I feel like she is going to at least be in it for um, a small significance of whatever. But uh, but yeah, I thought that was well, kind of interesting. <clears throat> yeah. And I do believe what their eventual uh, end game is, if you will, is they're going to be oh, they're putting <laughs> they're putting together the young Avengers. So they've got Kate Bishop, Yelena Belova may or may not be a part of that, but they set up um, Isaiah Washington's grandson is one of the leaders, I believe, of the Young Avengers. They've got Wiccan and Speed from WandaVision. Um, so that's kind of the direction. That. If they ever, oh, Wanda will find him. You saw her face. <laughs> I don't fuck with Wanda. She's getting her babies. She is getting her babies. No, don't do it. I saw it. Even me. I'm like, you know, I might enjoy it for a little while if my kids got sucked into an alternate universe. But eventually I would definitely go find them. So I think that's ultimately where they will go. Now, from what I could find, Emma Furman didn't have any scheduling conflicts uh, that I saw. But I have to wonder if maybe because of Marvel's casting and the way things have shifted, you know, once you sign with Marvel, you're signing a several picture deal. Yeah. Uh, it's not usually a one and done situation unless you're a one-off villain or something of that nature. So my thoughts would be maybe Marvel wanted more out of her and she said, I can't commit to that. Or, or maybe they just decided she wasn't right for the role and Catherine Newton, you know, became better. I don't know, but I will say if you want to come around to Catherine Newton's uh, acting a little bit more in terms of a Marvel movie, I know that you don't have sons like I do, and therefore you probably haven't seen Detective Pikachu. But I'm going to tell you, it's actually very fun. (laughs) Detective Pikachu. Okay, I'll have to look into that because I am a a Ryan Reynolds fan. It's Ryan Reynolds, so you're not going to go wrong with that. And um, I know more about Pokemon than I ever 
wanted, <laughs> needed to know. Uh, I know a lot of Pokemon and I recognized most of them in the movie. Uh, but it's a fun, it's a fun little movie. It's very funny with Ryan Reynolds in the lead role, of course. And she plays a reporter who knows kind of like something's not right. So she sort of joins forces with the main character and and Detective Pikachu. And she did a good job. She plays this like wide-eyed, not naive, I don't want to say, but just, I don't know. It was not a snarky, sarcastic role. It was actually just, she was just a very fun, wholesome, likable character. Okay. So I would, I would suggest that. I will say this. I don't think Marvel has ever poorly cast a role. I mean, in a very long time. I can't think of any role that I don't like the actor who has portrayed them. I just, their casting is always on point in my opinion. So if that's who they think is right for it, then I'm going to go with them on that journey. Let's see. Let's see. Brent, yeah. Catherine Newton. Right. Cause I know you want to impress me specifically. So I'm going to call <laughs> you out. <laughs> Especially if she's going to be a, a, a young Avenger. Right. My opinion matters. Right. My singular it opinion. It counts. Specifically so, mine. I will be the, downfall or rise of marvel <laughs> that's that's it they're waiting for this episode to come out just to get our thoughts on this um but i do i specifically i do love everything ant-man and the wasp i think those movies are so much fun and so i'm yes. looking forward to quantum mania to see what they're bringing and um I just think it's going to be really good. Who else did we just, we just had this conversation about somebody else who said they were cast in Quantumania. Who was it? Some I don't remember this random actor that I was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> I can't remember who it was. Oh, oh, this is going to kill me. I got to look it Wait, up. Wait, are we talking about Bur Bill Murray in Quantum of Solace or? Bill Murray. Thank you. No, 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 that's... no. Bill Murray in Quantumania. No, that's a Quantum of Solace is a James Bond movie, isn't it? <laughs> Quantum ma ma uh, Multiverse of Madness. <laughs> Thank no, you. he's not in Multiverse of Madness. No, he said he was in a Peyton, Peyton Reed, I think, is the director of the Ant-Man movies. That's oh. who he said. He's like, oh, I'm going to be in a Peyton Reed Marvel movie. And that's he's only directed the Ant-Man ones. So they're saying he's in Quantumania. OK, well, then he is. Interesting. I mean, I don't know if he is. That was just something I read. And then a couple of blink and you miss them. So there was a few interesting ones. Okay, so the first one is Thanos. So if anybody was really paying attention, the first glimpse we get of Thanos is a very quick clip where he says, fine, I'll do it myself. And you get a shot of his face. That's not Josh Brolin. It's a... It's a That's actually uh, not the scene. That's not the scene. The fine, I'll do it myself was voiced by Josh Brolin. The first scene in The Avengers was when... It's voiced by Josh Brolin, but that's Damon. That's Damon Poitier, who is uh, okay. he is a um, a stunt guy, and so they put actual oh, practical. Okay. They put practical effects on his face and everything. So that's actually Damon cool. Poitier. It's Josh Brolin's voice, I but see. Josh Brolin it's doesn't actually. Okay. Yes, yeah. So that so one's an interesting the, one. Do we know? If the Thanos at the end of Avengers, where the Chitauri are talking to him, or I don't even know, whatever that army dude was, it's very specific. I'm super knowledgeable. But they, I mean, I don't think he said anything when he said to court, uh, to court them is the same as courting death. And then Thanos turns around. I don't believe he says anything. Was that just CGI or was that? No, the same? That, that one is Damien. Okay. Okay. That one is Damien Poulter. Okay. Okay. And then when he, when he puts and his actually arm he in doesn't Roland did not I'll do it myself as him as well. Roland didn't voice it until that second one. 2014 Guardians of the Galaxy is the first time that Roland actually right was in Guardian. It well he's in Guardians but that's the first time that Roland actually so when he turns around that is not Josh Roland that's Damien Poitier or however you okay. pronounce his name it's P O I T I E R. Sorry Damien. So, which is cool. I mean, like Josh Brolin's a good Thanos. I, I, you know, I like him as oh, Thanos. Oh, he's a great Thanos. Um, he's a great Thanos. Yeah, <laughs> you're much more of a Thanos. <laughs> <laughs> I like that line. Uh, another one, which is really interesting and kind of, which was interesting, uh, Red Skull. So Hugo Weaving played the yes. original um, Red Skull in Captain America First Avenger. And 
he they couldn't convince him to come back and play the Red Skull on Bormir, who was uh, guarding the Soul Stone. So Mars, Ross Marquard, which I don't really know anything about Ross Marquard. And actually, it wasn't until the second or third time I watched it that I realized it wasn't Hugo Reading. He did a phenomenal job. That is a seamless transition. Yeah. And speaking of speaking of seamless transitions, um, Fandral, which is part of the the uh, part of the crew that is uh, Tha- uh, Thor's Thor. g- uh, group of merry men. His army. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> They're his merry men. I love it. Um, so Fandral has, for the most part, been played by Josh Dallas because apparently Zachary Levi had a lot of scheduling conflicts with his TV show Chuck. It was the opposite. Else. It no. was the opposite. Josh Dallas played him first. Josh Dallas played him in the first Thor. And then his scheduling conflicts with Once Upon a Time. Right. And so then they signed Zachary Levi, which it blew my mind. I didn't know that Zachary Levi was because it doesn't look like him. And Oh, and yeah, it, they did. They put a lot of makeup on him. They put a lot of makeup on him. I literally thought it was the same. Well, I, I never thought it was the same guy. I realized it was two different actors. I never put two and two together that it was Zachary Levi. And, and then, of course, Josh Dallas reprised it for, um, for Ragnarok. Uh, I was floored Did when it? I found that out. I, <laughs> I didn't know he was in Ragnarok. I thought that was still Zachary. I mean, he got like five seconds of screen time before Hela just no. took his ass out. But I don't. <laughs> right? <laughs> I, like, I thought that was Zachary Levi. Hold on. I'm looking that up now, too. No, I don't think it was Zachary Levi. Let's look. That's crazy. It is. Um, He's in here. Thor Dark Zachary World. Zachary Levi is credited on Ragnarok. Oh, he is credited on Ragnarok. Oh, yeah. So I, I literally thought it was the same guy all three times. Um, well, that's. I mean, they did a good job. They blended it right they in. They did. They did because that was the thing. Like, I feel like you know, he was a kind of a minor character again. So it's not. It's not really a character that like he, he was not. A, uh, he was. He was literally there just to further the story. He, he was a plot device. He wasn't, you know, there wasn't really anything of substance for his character or anything along those lines, which is fine. It was just they it's did fine. such a good job that I was like, okay. Oh, or, wow. I mean, I okay. put what the fuck on her on her uh, spreadsheet. I was just like, what the actual okay. fuck, you guys? <laughs> what the actual fuck? I actually want to add a little bit of fun in the Thor realm. One of my favorite scenes in... Ragnarok is when Thor comes home in the beginning and Loki is there but as uh as Odin, Odin of course watching the play which is a <laughs> reenactment of the final scenes of the dark world and the characters who play the character who plays Odin in that is Sam Neill yes from Dr. Alan Grant from Jurassic Park is who he'll always yep. be. Sam Neill's had a very robust acting career, but I will always know him as Dr. Alan Grant. I am uh, right there with you. Dr. Grant! Dr. Grant! And uh, of course Loki Loki was Matt Damon. Yes. <laughs> who, who was amazing. That was so fucking cool. It was like make a big statue with the pointy horns. <laughs> That was the only one that I caught when I first saw that movie. I did not catch that Sam Neill was Odin. Matt Damon is very recognizable as Loki. And of course, Loki would cast Matt Damon as himself. Obviously, it's not really Matt Damon. Although maybe it is really Matt Damon. I don't know. But um, and then Matt Damon just Thor lives on is actually played. Right. Yeah, they just brought him out. They would. <laughs> Loki would do that. And then the actor who portrays Thor in that is Luke Hemsworth. Yes, Thor's his brother. brother. In real yeah. life, which is amazing. So I just think that that's, uh, it's, it's I don't know, meta, meta casting. I don't understand how it works. No, I love I the meta casting. And did you know that, that uh, oh shoot, what's the name of the actress that is playing Hella? Because they're doing another in, in. Um, oh, Melissa McCarthy. Melissa McCarthy Melissa is McCarthy. playing Hella in Love and Thunder. So they're doing another instead rendition. Of, instead of Kate Blanchett. I am oh my so God. excited I, for that. I'm so here for it. <laughs> Melissa McCarthy's amazing anyway. Sure and Kate Blanchett. Oh my God. She was queen. Was, I just love that so much. Everything about Ragnarok queen. makes me happy. No. I just love all of it from start to finish. But yeah, I wanted to throw that in there. That's hilarious. No, I feel like that's a good addition. That's a good addition. Because they're not technically like 
I mean, it's in the MCU, so it's kind of canon, but they're just like these characters that are just there and they're reenacting this role. And and you could even, I mean, you could even talk about Frog Thor in in Loki's oh my God. series. Yes. And and alligator yes, Loki. All the Lokis. And all the Lokis. All the Lokis, yes. I mean, you know, you could throw all of those guys in there too that have been recasted, but <laughs> So many. I'm interested to see. The problem is they've cracked the shit wide open with Multiverse of Madness and No Way Home. So it's like, oh, my God, you guys, I don't know. I don't know if I can. My tiny little mind can't handle this. I can't keep up. Oh, I will say, though, a uh, small little Anthony Hopkins playing Loki, playing Odin. I really enjoyed that when he goes, oh, shit. Oh I God. just get I get giddy so every time that scene up because it's it's like. It's just because I love when you have an actor that's doing something meta like that, where it's it's they're playing a character that's playing a different character that's playing a different. I love that. It's there's a uh, hold on, because I want to add to that. Also, Chris Evans playing Loki, playing Captain America. Oh, you're right. Oh, my God. He totally does. And it's beautiful. <laughs> and he nails it. He, he really does. It. Chris Evans nails that role like I wish he would nail me. He is so good. <laughs> I can feel the self-righteousness. I just... <laughs> Little snug or whatever it is about the outfit being too tight. I loved it so much. Oh, my God. That was beautiful. Non-canon characters. Oh, Look, I've got to bring here. up... We, let's start with Spider-Man. So we've had two different Harry Osborns. I like Dane DeHaan. I like James Franco. I did not like their Harrys for very different reasons. <laughs> that sounds so filthy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I have the mind of a 12-year-old boy. You and that was just the do. first thing that came to me. <laughs> you don't know their Harrys. <laughs> I don't know their Harrys. It's okay. I don't need to know their Harrys. Maybe that being said, so so James Franco's Harry is kind of a frenemy. He's kind of a yes. backstabby friend. He's kind of a dick, mm -hmm. kind of a jerk. Um, mm -hmm. And then Dame DeHaan's Harry is a throwaway character, and and he was just kind of, you know, yeah. we, we talked they about in a, him. They did. They wasted his character. This storyline was not very strong in Amazing Spider-Man Two. Uh, as a whole, the story, the the plot wasn't very strong. The story itself wasn't very strong. There are things I like about that. Unfortunately, none of which is uh, is Dane Hans um, Harry, and that's just because it was that was poor writing. I think he did the uh, best yeah, he no. could with he what did the he best had. he could. He did, uh, which did. was not a lot. They all he did, did not. That movie. Yeah. <laughs> He didn't have a lot to work with. I mean, um, so it was a little tough that, uh, and, and again, you know, I mean, James Franco's character is in all three Spider-Man movies. He's, he's, uh, so he's there. Um, and so he's got a he little bit more He had somewhat substance. of an arc, at least. He has a little bit of an arc, yeah. Yeah, he's, he, well, it's more of a roller coaster, actually, but yeah. It really, yeah, he kind of sort of redeems himself, but not really. They just kind of sacrifice him, which I felt, again, they kind of treated him like a, a throwaway character. And again, I, I get it, like, he's a villain. He's there, at least in those iterations in the movies, the villain is there and is served to drive the, the story of the hero and stuff like that. It just, it's not, it wasn't strong storytelling. So it's, it's kind of like back to the Hulk stuff where you're just, you don't necessarily have a strong story. And you have a strong actor in Edward Norton, or you have kind of a semi-strong story and a not a non-strong actor like Eric Bana. I've, I've never really liked anything that Eric Bana has been in. So um, I feel like I should defend him, but I, I can't because I've not seen anything else that Eric Bana has been in. So part of me feels like I'm like, oh, I bet he's really nice, but I don't know anything about Eric Bana, so I can't. <laughs> But like Dane DeHaan has done some really interesting movies. Like if you've seen, um, if you've seen Lawless, which is a, oh my gosh, Lawless is is such a good movie. It has Tom Hardy in it, uh, uh, Shia LaBeouf, it's that guy um, Guy Pierce in it. I mean, it's uh, Jessica Chastain's in it. Very fantastic movie. He plays a very interesting character, um, and and I I liked his character. It was a he's a very sympathetic character in that movie, and he gets done some serious wrong. But that being said, as as Harry Osborn, it's just you know it's just whatever it is what it is. And then and then the other non canon semi canon just because they've kind of 
they've done a couple of iterations of it. Um, is Chris Evans' first ever iteration as a superhero oh. as Johnny Storm in the Fantastic Four, oh. and and ah. you've got which is horrible. I mean, it is. I it's a guilty pleasure. It is a terrible. It's movie. horrible in the best it, way. It oh, is, yeah. but it's not in a good way though. But that's the thing. Like it's it's not campy <laughs> like Batman Forever is. Like Batman Forever is just so campy and it's like bad on purpose. Like oh, they know it's fun. bad. There, it's pure fun. Yes, they Fantastic lean into it. Four, they played it a little safe. I feel like Chris Evans understood the assignment, and I even feel like almost the guy that plays the thing understood the assignment. Uh, Michael Chiklis, Al- yes, yes. Jessica Alba is not strong as the Invisible Girl, and whoever the guy is that plays Mister Fantastic is just a wet blanket. And um, I didn't I can't even care say to his name. Saying. Uh, let me look it up. It's it's like Ian Griffod. I I don't know. I oh, can't Lord. say his name, so I'm not going to try. It's really bad. I'm dumb. I can't say it. But yes, <laughs> it was. I thought the movie was just kind of goofy fun. Chris Evans. I will watch. I mean, Chris Evans could make a movie about the most like he'd be like I'm going to make omelets today for four hours, and I'll be like <laughs> I'm here for all. Even if he had a shirt on the whole time, I'd still watch it. That's how much I love him. But <laughs> I, I, uh, I don't know. I, I thought it was fun. My kids enjoyed it, but it's not when you, I think when you watch the Marvel movies that have come out since then, obviously you can't really compare. I mean, it's just so different now than what we were used to when that movie came out. Well, and then you could make the same argument. Like, so then you've got the fantastic four from that, from 2015 with, um, Miles Teller and Kate Mara. Mm-hmm. And actually, uh, Michael B. Jordan is in it as well. Yes. Which is really bizarre because he also plays Killmonger in. I was going to say that's another episode of actors who have played multiple characters. Exactly. Because we do have that. And so, yeah, you've yep. got recast characters. I mean, that's also just a remake entirely. So I don't know if that counts as a recast. That's why I was kind of saying non canon. Because um, you could kind of make the argument that the Hulk movies are sort of canon. And that's just because of comments in passing that Bruce Banner's or, or Mark Ruffalo's Bruce Banner has made. Um, well, yeah. The Edward Norton one is for sure canon. Yeah, because he mentions Breaking Harlem, which we mentioned before. Yes, exactly. But the Fantastic Four, I mean, they weren't even, there's no overlap there. And now everyone no. is still fan casting Emily Blunt and John Kaczynski uh, <laughs> in the two lead roles, which I'm also here for. If Okay, so you've got you've got Mr. Fantastic and the Invisible Girl. If they recast again and, and did make another Fantastic Four in some form, I'm hoping they kind of treat it like Civil War with introducing Spider-Man where it's not an origin story and they're just kind of there, right? Who would you want to play Johnny Storm and The Thing? Like, what actors oh, do you think that aren't currently in the MCU? Because, I mean, there's... It's getting... The well's running dry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> there are so many people who are in the MCU. This is a good question. I feel like... I bet Robbie Amell would be a good Johnny Storm. Who? He was... Oh, gosh. He's been in a bunch of, like... I want to say more obscure movies, I will say. Robbie Amell, maybe. Rob, A-M-E-L-L, I believe. He's got like the muscles and he's played some um, some arrogant jock types before. And I feel like that's a good Johnny Storm type role for him. I don't know. Uh, I don't know if I could see him being Johnny Storm. I'm trying to picture like Dave Franco, I feel like would be a fun Johnny Storm. Um, James Dave Franco's Franco would be a brother. super fun Johnny Storm. Yeah, right? Dave Franco would be a super fun. Yeah, I'm on board with that. I feel like he'd get the assignment. Cause, and here's the other thing, too. I feel like Fantastic Four needs to fit in the Ant-Man, Guardians of the Galaxy sort of character arc where or character portrayal where they're like not necessarily taking themselves seriously. That's why I really liked Chris Evans in Johnny, as Johnny Storm in the 2005 yes. Fantastic I absolutely love the movie The Punisher. Uh, I think it is fantastic. Uh, you could also talk about Re- Rebecca M- Romaine Samos. I mean, she's, this is again, non-canon because she plays a character in the Punisher movie. And she also plays uh, Mystique, of course, in the X-Men movies, which that's a whole other category. Um, so yeah, t- you you tell me your take on uh, on Bernthal in the Punisher series because you've seen it. 
This is hard, too, because I haven't seen Thomas Jane in the movie. So this is going to be a very interesting conversation that is not educated on either side. So that's fun. <laughs> but I will say I like I enjoy Thomas Jane. I like him as an actor and I'm sure he did a good job. I didn't see The Punisher. I want to see the movie, so I need to watch it. Um, I will tell you after just binging season one, I've, I've binged all three seasons of Daredevil. I'm such a late bandwagoner on this, but I'm obsessed with them now. And in season two of Daredevil, they introduced John Bernthal as the Punisher. And then I binge watched the first season of that and I'm excited to watch the second season. Um, he does a tremendous job. Now, I will say the Netflix series, they're grittier than anything that could be accepted on a Disney Plus uh, platform. There's... Some things I've seen I cannot unsee now uh, watching those series. And Jessica Jones as well, who I absolutely love and highly recommend. I um, I love Luke Cage, although I didn't watch all of his shows and Iron Fist. We just don't need to discuss. But I loved, loved, loved John Bernthal as the Punisher. I think he is, there's something about the way he portrays it that he is, first of all, scary as shit because he... It's like he's, it's sort of like Kingpin in a way as well. Vincent D'Onofrio's Kingpin, who's again showed up in Hawkeye and I hope to right. see more of because he's, he's terrifying in a different way. But in, in the series of Daredevil, he's terrifying. But in Hawkeye, he's terrifying because he like rips arrows out of his chest and gets hit by a car and then gets up again. Like he's like impenetrable. And even though he has no superpowers and John Bernthal is very much the same way. This guy gets his ass handed to him just on repeat. I mean, that's just it's like a never ending loop that John Bernthal's walking into shit that he's going to walk out of with. He's got like shrapnel stuck in the back of his arm at one point. And he gets shot in the head like it scrapes the side of his head and he's just bleeding everywhere. But he's still got one arm hanging on the side and limping around and he's like Rah! and he screams. So he has this like really primal scream where you can just see he's just gathering the energy to just tell everyone to fuck off. <laughs> so he'll just like, you can see he's bleeding out. He's in so much pain, but he's got a gun in his hand and he's going to take this motherfucker out. And he just screams every time they're hitting him and he just keeps coming. And it's just very, uh, it's very primitive and it's very moving to watch. So I think the tone is probably different in the series than it is in the movie. It's very, very dark. I was, I mean, the Punisher is a dark character. You can't do Ant-Man light and happy on the Punisher, obviously. But I think Bernthal brings a gravitas. Can I say gravitas without sounding like I have my nose up in the air? I don't think I can. But he brings it. And I think he shows, I don't know. I can't explain it. I just, I, I'll need to watch the movie because I'm sure Thomas Jane does a good job. But Bernthal 100% has my vote all the way. If they're going to bring Charlie Cox and Vincent D'Onofrio back um, and they choose to bring the Punisher into the MCU, it's got to be Bernthal, in my opinion. <laughs> Thomas Jane, definitely, I will say in the Punisher, uh, we were talking about this the other day. One of my favorite scenes in the entire movie is when a couple of assassins show up at his apartment that and, and they just attempt to murder each other all while also essentially destroying the apartment complex. And, uh, <laughs> I mean, he, like, it's, it's, I mean, he gets his head shoved through a wall, uh, through a toilet, uh, lid or a sink, I think the corner of a sink, um, and still gets up and like, he stabs the bad guy and the bad guy's just like, <laughs> and keeps, I mean, it's, it is, brutal and that scene alone is beautiful because it's it's on a dolly cam and it's on it's there's a scene happening with some side characters that and there's just this beautiful music that's playing in the background and it's it's all silent but you're seeing them basically murder each other and it's it's extremely violent it's very brutal um it's almost it's a it's a waltz it's beautifully done it's like this really really great dance and it is violent as fuck um and Tom, and and I think Thomas Jane does a pretty decent job. I mean, he does. They, they do their fair share of trying to blow him up, um, literally and figuratively. And he keeps getting up, and he goes and he takes down the bad guys. And John Travolta is the bad guy, and uh, he does a pretty decent bad guy, I think. And and there's another actor that plays uh, like the henchman that does a pretty decent job of um, 
just being a really disgusting character. And so I think they keep in line with, cause again, I, we're not big comic people. So I would say that the Punisher is a very violent comic. He's a, he's a vigilante. He doesn't really care if he murders. Um, he's an anti-hero. And he's an anti-hero through and through. And he's got questionable morals when it comes to like where, where he will draw the line. But at the end of the day, uh, he is a very, very fun character to watch. And, uh, yes. the Thomas Jane, the Thomas Jane version in the movie, the Punisher, uh, he basically is a feral cat that the people in the apartment complex kind of adopt, uh, <laughs> albeit it, it, reluctantly on his part. Um, and he, he kind of just endears himself to them, uh, not on purpose and, um, which, which kind of gets them into a little bit of trouble too. And so, and he, he's kind of like, there's a scene where he goes, why did you do that? And they're like, we're family. And, uh, and he, he loses his whole family. So it's kind of one of those things that he's not used to that family bond without a familial blood tie. So, uh, it's right, fun. It's endearing. Right. It's, it's, it's cute. And it's, it's, a ride. It is a wild ride. So I recommend, I recommend you watching the movie and I will definitely make sure I pick up the the TV show at some point. Yes. We got to swap it out. We got to swap it out. (laughs) What we will not do though, is watch the Daredevil movie. Only watch the series. Do not watch the movie Daredevil. The Daredevil movie we don't need to speak about. (laughs) Don't watch it. I will speak about it openly and tell you don't watch it. It is. Nobody needs to watch it. I don't know. I don't know how long it is, but that's time in your life you'll never get back. You never get that it's back. One of the worst movies I have ever seen in all my life. So just like don't watch I would the movie. rather watch the Eric Bana Hulk over just on a loop all day. I I cannot recommend the series highly enough, though. I uh, I was definitely late to the party on the Netflix binge watching Daredevil uh, situation. So when Charlie Cox appeared in No Way Home. I uh, I was like, yay, but not like I would have been if I'd watched it. Like, I would have stood up. I would have screamed. I'd have been like, fuck yeah, it's Charlie Cox. That's my boy. But I didn't do that. I was just like, oh, look, Daredevil. That's kind of cool. Highly recommend the series, not the movie. I will watch <laughs> the Punisher movie, though, and you will the watch Punisher the series, and then we'll compare notes. Daredevil is not. So that's what we've got for you guys today on Marvel Recasting. Let us know what you thought. Do you agree with uh, our thoughts on who was better, who was worse? Give us a shout out. Our email address is Marvel D and A, that is D A N D A, at gmail.com. And uh, we'll see you next time. We've got a lot of good stuff lined up. And remember, these are just our opinions. <laughs>